Now, I don't know about you, but I have struggled in my life becoming more like Jesus. I know what the Bible says. I know that we're supposed to be more like him, that the world needs to see Jesus in me. But the reality is, you cannot be more like Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. I'm telling you, I cannot love like Jesus loves without the Holy Spirit doing it through me. I cannot give like Jesus gives without the Holy Spirit doing it through me. I cannot have a good attitude when I'm living in chaos unless the Holy Spirit is doing it through me. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God awesome? Yes, God is awesome. I feel the presence of the Lord. I just, I, you know, I just want to shout. <laughs> and, you know, I, I grew up in Pentecostal church, and uh, so I believe in shouting. I don't get scared when you shout. Just do it in the spirit. <laughs> of course, it's going to be in the flesh because you're in the flesh. God is good, amen? amen. Tris, would you turn the overhead lights on for me uh, up there? I appreciate it. Uh, God is awesome. Man, has it been a hectic weekend for you? Man, it's been a great, great week. It's been such a hectic week, and school is out for summer. Well, anyway, uh, school is out, and, uh, you know, people have graduated. We talked about our graduates last week, and they're moving into a new season of life, and uh, yesterday we had the wedding, and uh, they're moving into a new season of life, and we got a call this morning, and we may be having another grandchild any time now, and, and we're going through a new season in life, and uh, you know, just new seasons. Well, I tell you what, God is always about newness. God is always about freshness, and God is always about life. And so, this morning, we are going to share what the, the Lord has really laid upon my heart to share, and I had kind of been struggling all week, and then uh, it's amazing what happens when you listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, life becomes heavy. Life becomes very stressful. Amen? Now, you're kind of quiet, so you're stressed out this week. Uh, you know. uh, you're kind of quiet. But life becomes real stressful and real hectic, and things don't go as you plan, and chaos kind of creeps in, and you know, your world kind of gets turned upside down sometimes, and sometimes you don't know where to go and what to do and what's happening in life. And, uh, and we read a passage of Scripture where Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And then we read a passage of Scripture, you know, where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And a lot of times as we're walking through life, we're thinking, well, right now it doesn't feel so light. Right now it's just kind of real heavy. The, the life is going on and everything. And, and you're wondering, you know, what is all about this abundant life? And what's all about this, the load being light? And, uh, and so this morning, we uh, are going to start a new series. We just finished up a series on the life of Christ a few weeks ago, where we went from the life of Christ 
From his introduction by John the Baptist at the Jordan River all the way up through uh, his ascension. He has just uh, told his disciples, you know, and, you know, to wait on the Holy Spirit, to wait in Jerusalem on the Holy Spirit and everything. And Jesus ascended back up unto the Father and, and everything. Well, I have really been praying and, and I felt like that God, for the next few weeks, God wants us to speak or wants me to speak and uh, maybe others, but wants me to speak about the importance of the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The presence, the person, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hope to be able to clarify not only the importance of the Holy Spirit to you and I, but the purpose God had for sending us the Holy Spirit. And I hope that we'll begin to understand the Holy Spirit. I hope we begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is essential. Hear me. That the Holy Spirit is essential to you and I as believers. And that the Holy Spirit is not just an add-on. It's not just something, well, you know, I'm going to pick up the Holy Spirit along the way. I'm going to add it to uh, my salvation. I I want us to understand that the Holy Spirit is essential to the believer. And it's not just something extra. It's not something extra we pick up along the way. That he really becomes essential to our lives. So I want to ask the question this morning, Who is the Holy Spirit? In fact, I'm calling this series The Holy Who. I couldn't come up with a better, well, anyway. The Holy Who. And today's part of the series is we're going to welcome to the stage. The Holy Who, welcome to the stage. And so I want to ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is not it. There we go. See, he is not an it. We get accustomed to say it, it, it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune Godhead. There is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I mean, this has been, you know, if you go all the way back to the Nicene Creed, You'll find God the Father, we believe in God the Father, we believe in God the Son, we believe in God the Holy Spirit, all three in one. And you say, well, that was a Nicene Creed. It's backed up by the Bible. That the triune Godhead, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you say, well, how can you explain that? I don't know, but we're going to try. There's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ was God incarnate. He came to be with us. Isn't it amazing that God desires to be with you? He desires to be with you personally. Not just among us and not just with us. He desires to be with you. And so if you go back to creation, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Why? Because God wanted to be with his creation. You and I are the crown of God's creation, and God wanted to be with you. He wanted to have relationship with you. He wanted to have intimacy with you. He wanted to have nearness with you. He wanted to be close to you. 
And so we see a picture of God walking with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And of course, you know what happened. Sin came into the picture. Man fell into sin and it separated. It separated the relationship between God the Father and his creation. And of course, God wanted to restore that relationship. He wanted to restore that intimacy and that closeness. And, and so you go through all, all through the Old Testament and you, you can find the picture of God bringing back his people and sacrificing and all those things. And then comes Jesus incarnate. Jesus, God in the flesh. Jesus comes. God the, God the Father, God the Son. He comes in the flesh. Why? Because he wanted to be near to you and me. And then, of course, we find that Jesus fulfilled his purpose on earth. He became the sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. He, he restored that relationship by his death, his, sacrifice, his death and sacrifice on the cross. He restored that relationship with mankind. But Jesus had to go back to the Father. But he told his disciples, you wait I'm getting ready to send you someone else. And so we're going to talk about this someone else. So who is the Holy Spirit? In fact, you cannot go but a couple of verses into Genesis without seeing the person of the Holy Spirit. And Genesis 1 and 2, notice what it says. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness, now get that. You got to get this picture. The earth... Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, we see from, that, from, from the beginning of time as we know it, that God's Spirit was present. He was present before creation... And he was present in creation. This is important. He was present before creation. And he was present in creation. And as you scroll through the pages of time, you will, and examine every story in the Bible, you will discover that the Holy Spirit was and is at work. When you read the pages of the, the Old Testament, you read the stories of the Old Testament, and you read the stories in the New Testament, you will find intertwined throughout all the scriptures that the Holy Spirit was at work. It might have been back of house. It might have been where you didn't see it physically or tangibly, but the Holy Spirit was work. I get amazed when I look at the life of Joseph. And how that God was working back of house. The Spirit of God was moving and orchestrating certain things and certain events to take place. So he could put the right man in the right place to save the children of Israel. And you see that going all through the Old Testament. The stories of the Bible. That the Spirit of God is at work. Bringing life. Bringing life. And so I want to ask you the question this morning, uh, this question, that the Spirit was very much alive. After all, the Holy Spirit was present in, cre in creation. In other words, the Holy Spirit is God. And it was the Holy Spirit that breathed life into creation. 
And so let me pause and ask this question to you. Are there any areas of your life? What is missing? What is missing or dead in your life that needs to be brought to life? Let me ask that again. What is missing or dead in your life that needs to be brought to life? You see, God is all about life. The Holy Spirit is the one that breathes life into creation. What is dead in your life? Is it a relationship? Is is it a spiritual longing? What is dead or missing in your life that needs life breathed into it? Did you know that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do? If you've got a dead or a dying relationship, God wants to breathe life into that relationship. If you've got a dead, dying marriage, God wants to breathe life into that marriage. Do you know if you've got a, a, a dark and a gloomy workplace, do you know that God wants to breathe life into that workplace? God is about creation, and God is about breathing life. In fact, we find in Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 5, 6, and 11, notice what Paul says, those who live... Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what, the, what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is dead, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Did you get it? And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And then Jesus says this in John 6, 63. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. So I want you to understand who the Holy Spirit is. He is the one that breathes life into you. Jesus forgives you of your sin. Jesus' blood washed away all your sin. It's the Spirit that takes the blood and applies it to your life. It's the Spirit that draws you to Him. It's the Spirit that does the work. Christ did the work on the cross. It's the Spirit that does the work in your life. In fact, you can't even come to Christ Unless the Holy Spirit is working back of house. He's working behind the scenes, drawing you to him. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And so let's ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? And what does he do? Why does God want us to have the Holy Spirit? Why is the Holy Spirit so important? And why do you and I need him? I mean, I've got Jesus. Isn't that enough? I've accepted Jesus into my heart. I've accepted him into my life. Isn't that enough? That is enough to get you to heaven. Did you hear what I said? That is enough to get you to heaven, to be forgiven of your sins. But God wants more for you. So why do I need the Holy Spirit? You see, the Father gives us the Holy Spirit, and I want you to hear me, and I'm quoting from a guy named, I believe his name is Brady Boyd. 
The Father gives us the Holy Spirit so you and I can become more like Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I have struggled in my life becoming more like Jesus. I know what the Bible says. I know that we're supposed to be more like him, that the world needs to see Jesus in me. But the reality is, you cannot be more like Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. I'm telling you, I cannot love like Jesus loves without the Holy Spirit doing it through me. I cannot give like Jesus gives without the Holy Spirit doing it through me. I cannot have a good attitude when I'm living in chaos unless the Holy Spirit is doing it through me. I can't. You don't have the power or the ability to be like Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit. You've tried it. I've tried it. Well, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to become more. Listen, you can't even discipline yourself without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the sinful nature is with you. You're living the flesh. And because of the sinful nature, you just automatically want to do the the things of the sinful nature. I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth. You slap me upside the face and see what my sinful nature wants to do. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. My sinful nature doesn't want to turn the other cheek. Mm. I got tickled this week. Will was at school and Peyton was at school and there was some kids picking on Peyton. Big brother is going to nip it in the bud. That's a good big brother. Good big brother. And so he kind of told him not to mess with him or whatever. And the teacher, I think, got onto him. And I said, Will, I said, listen, if it's just words, just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. I said, just let it go. Don't worry about it. It's just words. Just let it go. I said, but now, if they hurt your sister... I said, then you let them have it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Yeah. You see, that's that nature coming out. <laughs> yeah. You can talk to me. You can call me names. But you go to hurt my wife. And you go to hurt my kids and my grandkids. Ain't that right, Tina? Where you at? You, go, you, you start hurt. Yeah, amen. You messing, with me, you messing with mama bear now. You, you just and papa bear. You know. You can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. You see, no one can follow Jesus or become like Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew it. He knew it. That's why he told his disciples to go into Jerusalem and wait. Don't do anything. Don't share the gospel. Don't try to proclaim me. You go into Jerusalem and you wait until you be endued with power from on high. You wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll find that in Acts 1, 4, and 5. He knew apart from the Holy Spirit that they would be powerless to be like him. And I'm telling you today, you and I are powerless to be like Jesus without the Holy Spirit working and flowing and indwelling in our lives. It just can't be done. 
In fact, John said this, or Jesus said this in John 20, 21, 20th chapter 21, verse 22. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus instructs his disciples to go into Jerusalem and wait until they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I've heard people say, well, that was for the apostles. That was for just the disciples of that day. Today, we have the written word of God, and we do. We have the written word of God. But according to the scripture, the Bible says that the promise is for you, when he was talking to that 2,000 years ago almost, he said the promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are far off. Now, God is no respecter of person. If God says it's for you, telling them it's for you and your children and all those that are far off, that are way down the road, he was talking about you, that the Holy Spirit is for you. It wasn't just for the disciples. It wasn't just for the apostles. But the Holy Spirit is for everyone. No exception. Now, notice something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very gentle and very kind. Because that's the attributes of God. God is gentle God is kind. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, kindness, goodness, mercy. You know, you see all that. And so the Holy Spirit never, ever, ever, hear what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit never possesses anyone. The devil possesses. Evil spirits possess. But God doesn't possess anyone unless they receive him. That's the kindness and the gentleness of our God. He doesn't force his Holy Spirit upon you. He doesn't force you to receive him. He offers it him, not it. He offers him as a gift. And just as you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You ask. And he giveth, he giveth, Freely. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So to receive the Holy Spirit, you got to ask. But a lot of times we are afraid to ask because we're afraid or don't understand the Holy Spirit. So I want to share three things right quick. Right quick. In John the 14th chapter, I'd like for you to turn with me there. In John the 14th chapter, I think it may be up here on the board too. I'm not, not sure. In John the 14th chapter, verses 16 through 18, I want you to notice Jesus, Jesus talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. Now, this is Jesus. He says, I will ask. He's talking about, he's getting ready. He's preparing his disciples. He's get, preparing them for his death and his resurrection as an ascension to the Father. He's going back to the Father. And he says, and I will ask the Father, 
God the Father. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. He will give you another counselor. Talking about the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. To be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, get this, you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Oh, I love this. I love this. Now notice what what Jesus is saying. Jesus is instructing his disciples that the Holy Spirit is, is, is about nearness of him. Since the fall of man, God has always wanted to come close to us. And God does not want you and I to be alone. Hear me. God doesn't want you to feel alone. In fact, if you read the next verse, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not. Now get this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, we live in a very digital world. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have uh, uh, Instagram. We have all kinds of things. And we live in a digital world that has given us access to know more about people than ever before. Did you know I can get on Facebook or Instagram and I can, uh, what's what's that word? Stalk you, stalk, stalk you. If I want to know something about you, just you know, I, I why didn't they have that back in when my kids were in high school and dating and everything? Man, I could stalk every one of those friends. I want to find out what he's all about. I want to find out what she's all about. I, I'm gonna find out about it because we got all kinds of information about everybody. I mean, you go to Facebook, you can find out about me. You can find out if I'm having a good day or a bad day. Amen. I love it. We can know everything we want to know about people. Facts. I, 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 I love Tina. I just love Tina to death. Because she, she just posts on Facebook. And, and, and I, I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing, okay? And, but I, I, I can read her post, and, and, and someday she has a rough day at school. See, I know that about her. I know that about her. There's other days she posts things, and man, man, it just lifts me up, and she's having a great day. She's having a good day, you know? And I just, I love that. I'm not criticizing. I, I like that. She posts things on there about uh, uh, Sydney and, and Jessica, and, and so I get, I, I get to stay in the know. I, I do. I get to stay in the know. And it's just not, I'm just picking at Sydney. It's just not Tina. It's the rest of you. Now, I don't get on Facebook that often and stalk you. I don't really do that. But you see, we live in this digital world where we can know facts about people. I'm learning about my high school. I graduated in 1976, the bicentennial. That was a great year. 200 years, American. But I can get on Facebook and I can find out about all my people that I ran around with. And lately, I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm learning facts about them that they're passing away. They're getting older. Things are going on in their lives. And 
I'm learning all kinds of facts. But the amazing thing is, we have all this access to all this information and facts about people, and yet we're the loneliest people in the world. We're lonely. And the reason that we're lonely, because we know about them, and we know of them, but we don't know them. You know, I was picking at that, Tina, and I appreciate Tina's spirit and attitude. But the reality is, you know who knows Tina better than anybody else in this room? Greg. And Tina doesn't have to say a word. Tina doesn't have to say one word. All Tina has to do is give him the eye. <laughs> Am I right, Greg? <laughs> I'm right. I, I mean, listen, I, and the reason I know, you say, well, how do you know that? Because I am married. Do you realize that I know Kim better than her mom and dad does? I know her better than her mom and dad. I know her better than her mom and dad does. And you just say, well, why? Because I've lived twice as long with her than they did. And I can tell you right now, I know when my wife, I know when I've crossed the line. I know when she's had a bad, and she doesn't have to say a word. I just know. Why? Because I'm near to her. Greg's near to Tina. Kelly's near to Matt. And JC's getting near to Zach. Oh, and Zach's beginning to find out what he should say and what he shouldn't say. I'll leave it at that. I will leave it at that. He's learning. See, he's only been with her about a year now. I learned a long time ago, don't ever say that, don't say that. He's learning, and I'm picking. But the reality is, we're lonely, and we have facts, but we don't have nearness. We don't have intimacy. Jesus Christ went back to his father so the father could send the Holy Spirit to be with you, to be in you, to be near you, to be near so that you would not be orphans. That you would not be orphans, that you would not be alone, that you would never be without. Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll be with you to the end of the age and to the end of the world. Well, I'm going to have to tell you, I haven't seen Jesus face to face in my whole 63 years. But I'm telling you, the nearness of the Holy Spirit in my life has made all the difference. And there's something that the Holy Spirit has done in my life. He reminds me, he reminds me who Jesus is. And what Jesus has done. So he, Holy Spirit brings nearness. God wants to walk beside you. So you will know him. And without the Holy Spirit, you feel like an orphan. Second, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Look what he says in, in John the 14th chapter, verse 25 and 26. All this, all this I have spoken while still, while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. Now get this. Will teach you all things and will remind you of everything 
I have said to you. He's a teacher. Now, the word teacher there comes from the Greek word uh, didasko, didasko. He teaches. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you need to know and bring back things to your remembrance. Now, this is important to know. Without the Holy Spirit, how can you be taught and reveal the things of God? It is through the Holy Spirit that the revelation of God comes. It's through the Holy Spirit that you are taught. You need the Holy Spirit so you can be taught, and not only taught, but you can be, it can be brought back to your remembrance the things that Jesus has spoken. In fact, read this in context. Read the next verse in context. We take it out of context and we, we just use this verse and say, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. In the context, he says, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come. He's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's going to teach you. He's going to bring everything back to your remembrance. Why? Because, you know, I'm telling you, when you go through chaotic times in your life, you need to, oh, you need to be brought back to remembrance that God is with you, that you are not forsaken, that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you. And it's in that moment that you can have peace because I know that I know that I know that my God is with me. He brings it back to my remembrance, the things that he's taught me. That's so important. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, how can you bring it back to your remembrance? Listen, I, I went through, I went to college and I went to four years of tech school and, and I've gone to Bible school and all kinds of stuff. In fact, I still go to school. You'd think at 63 I'd have enough of school. But the government says, no, you need to continue your education. So I'm continuing my education. Now, I want you to get this. I remember back when I was 18 years old, I graduated from high school, and I went to, a, uh, I actually I did a, tool, a dual enrollment type of thing. I went to tech school, and I went to college, too, at the same time. I did them both together. And, uh, and so I was going to, tech school to, to, be, to, to learn electricity. I became a journeyman electrician or was an apprentice and became a journeyman electrician. And so I was going to that. And in that school, in the school, uh, I, I had to uh, go once a week every night. I mean, not every night. Once a week every week uh, to school. And it was in school that they taught me the fundamentals or the basics of electricity. They taught me about the electrons. They taught me about the formulas. They taught me about how to calculate wattage and power and consumption. And, and they taught me the code. They taught me all that stuff that's on paper and, that, and it's good stuff. It's good information and you need it if you're going to be able to do that work. But they taught me all that stuff. Now I want you to hear me. That's why it's important for you to get into the Word. So that the Spirit can teach you all the things of Christ, the principles of Christ, the principles of living, the principles of, of all that you need to get into the Word so the Holy Spirit can speak to you and reveal and give you understanding. It's important. 
But I want you to notice there's something else that the Holy Spirit does. And it's found in John, uh, I believe it is the 16th chapter, verse 12 and 13. And and we're going to close with this. In verse 12 and 13, Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can, more than you can now bear. Have you ever been on overload? Have you ever been on overload? You, you know, I, I've noticed my daughter, she's been in college, she's been working, and she's been doing all that stuff and raising two kids, and, and she's been on overload. She's going to be on overload for another year and a half. She decided, I'm going for it, the masters. Go for it, girl. I'm proud of you. Overload. There's a lot of things sometimes you just have so much going on in your life that you become overwhelmed. And, and you don't need any more knowledge. You don't need any more knowledge at the, at the moment because right now you just can't bear it. Have you ever been to a place in your life and the preacher comes up to you and says, well, you know, I'm going to explain to you what's going on and, and how things are moving and, and all that stuff. And you're thinking, I am at a crossroad in my life. I am overwhelmed. I am stressed to the max. I really right now don't need to hear what you have to say. Now, be real. That's how much, that's sometimes you feel that way. Because you can't bear it now. You can't bear it now. Do you know that's okay? I just can't bear it right now. Because of what I'm feeling and what I'm facing, what I'm going through, I can't bear it right now. But notice what he says about the Holy Spirit. He said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear, more than you can now bear. But when he, Talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. The word guide there is not the same word for teach. It's a Greek word that that sounds like this. Hodogeo. It's hodogeo. And, And what he's saying, he says, the Holy Spirit will not only teach you, But when you can't bear the teaching right now, when you are overwhelmed and right now you just don't need a lot of knowledge, the Holy Spirit will hodogayu you. He will guide you. He will guide you. Do you know what a guide is? You see, I went to four years of electrical school and got all that knowledge. But I would work every day with a mentor, with a journeyman. For three years. In the fourth year, they let me go out on my own. But three years, I worked with a journeyman. And I would learn all the knowledge in school. But it was the journeyman that would take me by the hand. Not literally, but you know what I mean. And he would begin to guide me. And to show me practical things to do. And how to handle electricity. And handle how, how to work things. How to do it. And I'm going to tell you, almost everything that I, I, I learned, all the, the other stuff, the, the knowledge, the book stuff. But real life stuff is where he took the time to guide me and to show me what the knowledge means. You see, they told me in school you can only have 10 number 12s and a half-inch conduit. That's the max you can have. Ten number twelves and a half-inch conduit. 
they never told me or taught me how to pull 10 number 12s in a half-inch conduit. You see, that's what the journeyman did. He taught me how to tie the wire. Listen, you get, you get 10 number 12s, and you guys will look at him like, what are you talking about? But some of you know what I'm talking about. You get 10 number wires, 10 number 12 wires, and you strip it. You strip the end of it, and then you fold it over the fish tape or the rope or whatever. You Guess what? You're not going to pull 10 number 12s in a half-inch conduit. Ain't ain't happening. Because the end of it's going to be so big, it's not going to fit in that little b-hole. So what do you got to do? Well, you got to take the strands and unwind them. And you got to get half of them out. And then you fold the other half over the fish tape. And make that head small so it goes through the pipe. They didn't teach that in a book. They taught that through mentoring or guiding. Years ago, I went on a trip. Now, I don't know about you. I love, I love the woods. I love, I love being out in the country. I love backpacking. I used to love it. I'm not sure I could do it today, but I used to love it. I used to go the Appalachian Trail and hike the Appalachian Trail for days, literally days, into, out into the Appalachian Trail. And, and, and they would drop me off at one point and pick us up at another point. Now, I didn't do it by myself. There was several of us that did it. But every time I went, we always had a guide that had already walked the trail. I went whitewater rafting years ago. And I love whitewater rafting. But I had never been whitewater rafting. I just saw it on TV. So I decided that I would take a youth group whitewater rafting. This is before I came here. And I took a youth group from Macon to uh, Okoe, where they had the Olympics. And we did the, the long one, the dangerous one. Yeah, that's me. And so they're all in the raft. We're all in the raft. And me, I'm sitting on the edge. Me and one other guy. We're sitting on the very edge of the raft. And the guide says, hey, listen, if you want to stay safe, if you really want to feel good, get in the raft. And, but if you're okay, it's okay for you to sit up there if you want to. But uh, anyway, but, you know, that's, that's up to you. But I'm going to tell you ahead of time. That if perhaps, if perhaps we get caught in a, uh, what do you call those things? A whirlpool. If we get caught in one of those things, you go over the edge, you get caught in one of those whirlpools, and you get thrown out, I'm going to tell you, just float in the water. Don't try to swim. Don't try to fight it. Just lay black and float because you got your life just black jacket on. I'm good. So I get on that raft, and everybody's sitting in the middle, and me and this other guy, we're sitting on the edge. And we're going through the, the what's, what's it? there's different stages. When we're going through the rapids, well, this is a, a, a Category 5, I think it is. It's a Category 5. Man, it's, it's a thrill. It's exciting. But you see, I'm, I'm comfortable because I've got a guide. He's done this trail before. He knows where to go and what to do. And how to, how, you know, I just need to follow that's all I got to do. I just got to follow him. So I'm in that raft, and he's an experienced guide. 
And he tells us, hey, we're coming up on a Category 5. Rapid. Hold on. Get ready. And man, we go over the edge of that thing, and we plunge, and then when we plunge in, everybody is okay except me and the other guy. <laughs> and it literally throws us out. And of course, we have helmets on, and we got life vests on. It literally throws me and this other guy out. And throws me into the bottom of that whirlpool. And I, I, I literally busted the helmet. Thank God for his grace and my stupidity. But I remember what he said. If you get thrown out, just lay back and let the current take you. And so I said, we'll pick you up. And so we got thrown out and we just laid back and we let the current take us down. And it was a thrill of a ride, I'm going to tell you. But the reason it was a thrill of a ride is because I had a guide that knew where he was going, and he comforted me. You see, in this journey of life, you're going to go through some seasons of life that are going to be scary. They're going to be mysterious. There's going to be unknowns in life. There's going to be things that you've never experienced before that you've never seen before, that you've never known before. And I'm going to tell you what, they are scary. They're scary. I think about my grandkids and even my children when they were growing up, that I would encourage them to take risks, encourage them to do things that were, to them were scary. You go through that, what's that, what's that one big tunnel down the, uh, uh, the water park at... Uh, Thank you. It's black. It's dark. You can't see. And you try to get an eight-year-old to go through that tunnel. It's scary. Some of you are grown, and it's scary. But once you go through it, in fact, last year it was, I can't remember which one of the kids, they went down the slide, and, and they were petrified. I said, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I encouraged them. I encouraged them. and said, you can do it. And they, they went down the slide, and as they went down the slide, they got to the bottom. They got into that big pool of water. They got out, and I said, now, you wait there until I get there. And got out, and all he said, let's do it again. Let's do it again because of the thrill. Listen, life is scary. Life is scary. But God says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I've been down that road. I created everything. And I've given you the Holy Spirit to be with you and to be in you. And if you will become acutely aware of his presence in your life, if you become aware of the power that he has, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you do you get that the same power that raised jesus from the dead lives in you and you become aware of his presence and the power and the person of jesus christ he will be your guide into the mysteries and to the unknown of life that's why he said peace i leave with you my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because my spirit is going to guide you. It's going to hold you. It's going to mentor you. 
And even when there's areas of life that are unknown and they're dark and they're scary and you've never traveled that road before, the Holy Spirit has been there. And he's going to breathe life into you into those dark moments. And he's going to lead you, guide you through those dark moments of life that you'll be able to experience the fullness of life. Would you stand? So for the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing about the Holy Spirit. But I want to challenge you today. First of all, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to share something that's very important. God wants you to have the gift of eternal life. And there's no way, there is no way, and I stress this, there is no way for you to have eternal life outside of Christ. The only way you can have eternal life is if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you say, well, how do I ask Jesus into my heart? How how do I know him? You invite him. He's not pushy. He's not going to make you, but you invite him into your life. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you were buried in a tomb, and in three days you were resurrected. I believe in you, Jesus. And I believe that I'm a sinner, but I invite you into my heart to wash away my sins, to forgive me of my sins. And when you ask and you believe, God says you're saved. You have the gift of eternal life. But just as we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we need to receive the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? The same way that you receive Jesus. You ask. You ask. Holy Spirit, I know that you're I know that you're real because I wouldn't know Jesus apart from you. But I want to invite you into my life. I want to invite you to come and dwell in me. I want to invite you to make me acutely aware of your presence in my heart and my life. And the Bible says if you ask that you will receive. That if you seek, the word seek means pursue. That if you pursue him, listen, don't pursue the gift, pursue him. Don't pursue the gift, pursue him. Pursue him, the giver of life, the one that breathes life. Pursue him, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Pursue him and you ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. So I think it's time. That we as a church begin to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Let me tell you something that happened in closing, and and, and this is very short. Yesterday, I was here at the church getting ready for the wedding. I came for the Bible study, and, and I was getting ready for the wedding, and I had something I needed to do. I really felt like I need to do this. I got an hour and a half here. I can get this done. I can go over there, and I can take care of it. I can, I can nip it in the bud. I can do it. And I was in my office, and the Holy Spirit said, don't go. Don't go. Stay right here. 
And I kept thinking, but I, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. And the Spirit reiterated, just spoke to my spirit. And he said, stay here. That's what he said. And I thought, God, I want to be obedient to your spirit. I know I need to get that done, but I'm going to be obedient to your spirit. And so I stayed. And do you know when I obeyed the Holy Spirit, God began to speak to me. And he began to work in me. And there was a flood of joy that flooded my soul. There was a peace that I know I need to get that done. But there was a peace that overwhelmed me that that wasn't even important. That God was going to take care of that. And I didn't need to worry about it. He said, peace I leave with you. You see, I need to become acutely aware of his presence. I need to be aware that he's speaking, whether it's through the word or through its still small voice or whatever it is, that I need to be acutely aware that God is speaking. And I need to say, God, I invite you. I invite you. I want to know you. I want you to come in and dwell in me and dwell through me. I want to know you. I want the nearness of the Father with me through the Holy Spirit. And yesterday was a great day. It was a busy day. It was a hectic day. I didn't even get that done over there. didn't even go over there. It didn't even matter. But boy, I had one of the most peaceful, joyful days yesterday. All because I listened to the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants to do in your life. In those mysterious dark moments, He wants to be your guide. He wants to be your teacher. He wants you to bring you into the nearness. He doesn't want you to be lonely. He wants to remind you of who He is to you. So I want to challenge you this morning. Can we just invite the Holy Spirit to come into our lives as a church? Can we do that? Is that, is that okay to ask? If you don't know Christ, I invite you to know Christ. Invite Christ into your heart. And then invite the Holy Spirit. God, Holy Spirit, would you come in? Would you come in? Would you make me acutely aware of your presence? Would you make me aware of your power? Would you make me aware of who you are and be real in my life today? Would you do that? Would you bow your head? They're going to lead us in a course, but we're going to pray before they do that. Right where you're at, if you want to come to the altar, I want you to come to the altar. I want you to get comfortable and just invite. Invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and life today. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the situation in everyone's life. God, you want to be near to everyone today. You want to be near to everyone. Whatever season they're in, whatever season they're fixing to go through, God, you want to be near to everyone today. And so, Lord, I invite you today into my life. Holy Spirit, I invite you. 
I ask you to come in. I ask you to come in and not only make your dwelling within me, Lord, but make me aware. God, make me aware. God, make me aware of your presence and the power that you possess, God. The power that you control, God. Make me aware of that today, Holy Spirit. Make me aware and come in and live in me, Lord. Live in me today. God, make me aware of who you are, Holy Spirit. And become real in my life. Come real, Lord. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm set apart. I know that I'm called, Lord. I know, God, all these things. But, Lord, I want you to make me aware of your presence today. In the name of Jesus, I ask, fill us today with your spirit. Break out. Holy Spirit, break out within us today. And make us aware. I ask it in your name, Jesus. Would you sing this song with them as worship? Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.